Welcome back to another edition of SJHL Weekly. It's Rory McGoran, Jamie Neugebauer, Jeremy Corrigan. Thank you so much for joining us. And boys, it was a very busy week <laughs> in the SJHL. Another 10 games. And you guys were, uh, I, I will self, you guys are road warriors from this past weekend. Rory, you did three and three, two in LaRange, one in Flin Flon. And uh, Jamie, you were up in uh, Nipawin and Melford. How are your guys' weekends? Oh, yeah, fantastic. It seems that we kind of rolled right out of the SJHL showcase. Of course, a busy stretch for all 12 teams in the yeah. league. And then right into what I think was the busiest weekend now across the SJHL. We got 10 games to recap, uh, a lot of storylines to cover, but it was a grind. And uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm just happy to be back and breaking it down with you guys now. Yeah, and Jamie, uh, you, yeah. you didn't have a short weekend either. No, I mean, it never is. Got two little kids at home, but that's not a, this isn't. I this isn't Nugsy Weekly. This is SJHL Weekly. But uh, yeah, uh, first of all, I just love going to Nippowin. I love that barn. I love mm -hmm. the press box there. The fans, the vibe, the atmosphere, and Tad Cozen's making that a good team again. So like it up there. And again, Melford's a classic junior hockey rink. So again, can't complain about that. And then Sunday at noon, University of Regina Women's wow. Soccer. Yeah, so a little bit of everything this week. <laughs> a little bit of a little bit of everything there. A big uh, tough loss to Mount Royal. But anyways, we we digress. Yeah, it's it's Rory and I are hard workers. As are you, Jeremy. <laughs> big to big time respect to you, my friend. Well, I, I think too, like those four rinks that you guys went into, like the atmosphere in those northern rinks, are, mm. it's something different. It's something a little bit different than those uh, than the other rinks in the league. But we should get into our weekend recap, which is presented by SAS Lotteries. It was a busy weekend, so let's start with the scores from Friday. Friday, we saw four games on the schedule. It featured, uh, we saw the Estevan Bruins bouncing back. Uh, those are not the right schedules. Oh, for the most part, the Weyburn one was not right, but Estevan beat Weyburn 3-2. Mm. We saw uh, the Notre Dame Hounds picking up a 4-3 overtime win. The Balfour North Stars, 5-4 uh, winners over uh, the Melfort Mustangs in overtime as well. And then uh, the Humboldt Broncos with a 2 nothing. Uh, shutout win in LaRange. Then going to Saturday, the Humboldt Broncos kept rolling with a 5-4 overtime win over LaRange. And we saw Weyburn 2-1 winners over Melville. Melfort 6-1 over Notre Dame. And Flin Flon 4-3 over Nipwin. And then, of course, Sunday, two more games. And the Humboldt Broncos continue to roll. That's kind of going to be the theme for today's show is uh, Humboldt's impressive run. Humboldt wins 2-1 over Flin Flon in overtime. And then the Estevan Bruins with their second win of the weekend over the Weyburn Red Wings, doubling them up 4-2 at Affinity Place. Guys, when you look at this weekend, we'll start with you, Rory. When you look at this weekend, what kind of stands out to you? Uh, well, I mean, we're going to get a lot of, of inside information from the Humboldt Broncos, so yep. I'll leave that for later as sure. we're going to be joined by head coach Scott Barney and... Um, uh, leading SJHL scorer and the captain, Ethan Zilke, later on the show. But to me, Estevan and Weyburn, we know what happened mm -hmm. in that first game. Weyburn put up a nine spot on them, mm -hmm. and Estevan struggled out of the gate with a one-in-six record. So I wanted to see if there was frustration in the lineup. I wanted to see if, you know, they were throwing their hands up in the air. Not throwing in the white towel, but, right. you know, you can see that it can boil over very quickly with a rough start out of the gates. So Estevan, I wanted to see if they bounced back, and they didn't do it once. They did it twice, picking up two straight wins. Now they're three and six, and let's see if the defending champions can build up some momentum off that jamie what about you yeah i just never stop being impressed with the battlefords north stars right they're really 10 11 guys deep that could be first liners on a lot of teams in this league and the way that Braden Klamosko has built that team and then what more can you say we'll talk about josh cote i'm sure i gotta get a little feeling that we'll be talking more about josh cote later but battlefords is a plus 24 goal differential mm -hmm 
right now already. And that, it's early, but that's a huge number uh, at this point in the season. And just everything kind of going Battleford's way. If you saw the overtime winner there uh, in Melfort, uh, just the funny kind of bounce that it went in and off somebody's back and Marty Martinson, the great Battleford broadcaster <laughs> with the call. Uh, man, just so everything's coming up Battleford's right now. And so I, I just love watching them play. I was going to say, if you haven't seen yeah. Marty's call of uh, that overtime winner, yeah. go on the SJHL Twitter, give it a look, give it a watch. Uh, it's very good, and um, it was a very exciting hockey game. But let's go back a little bit to Friday. Jamie, you, obviously you were uh, in Nipwin for that game between the Notre Dame Hounds and the Nipwin Hawks. A very tight back-and-forth hockey game, but a much-needed win for the Hounds. What did you see in that game? Yeah, I mean, uh, when Jared Sitch is Jared Sitch and he's at the top of his game, he is one of the best defensemen in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. When he's not, he's not. But he can do that, and he really made a big impact on this game. You know, we saw a very nice bounce back for performance from Ashton Billsberger in the sticks. Uh, and on the flip side, Tad Cozen, he's promised that the Nippon Hawks would be a little bit more fun to watch, a little bit more offensive. And they were right there in that. Obviously, Braden Kiesman is great, but it's not it's not just Braden Kiesman and Nippon. I mean, Rory and I called uh, Estevan Nippon at the showcase, right. and and uh, Francois Xavier Bedard. What an electric, mm -hmm. entertaining little hockey player he is to watch too. So Nippon's going to be fun to watch. There's going to be some goals going in, you know, both ways. You know, Nolan McDowell has put in a couple good performances in a row in the sticks too for Nippon. Uh, but yeah, it was a character win. Nippon tied it up late with Alex Ochitwa. And the Hounds found a way through, guess who, Jared Sitch on a two-on-one with the birthday boy, Will Dawson. It's his birthday today. He's having a great start to the year, too. So, yeah, much, much needed win for Notre Dame. Now, Rory, I want to go to you. Obviously, we're, you mentioned we're going to talk about the Humboldt yeah. Broncos later on in the show. But I want to talk about the team the Humboldt Broncos played on Friday and Saturday, and that being the LaRange Ice Wolves. Obviously, these two teams met at the SJHL Showcase, and it was a very one-sided game for the Humboldt Broncos. But then... You go up to the Mel up in LaRange, and it's a very difficult place to play, and it was two very tight hockey games. Now, despite LaRange losing both games, what did you see from the Ice Wolves? Yeah, uh, they're a totally different team in the Mel Hagland Arena, and it's a testament to the way Kevin Kaminsky, and at the moment, Kyle Schneider preaches mm -hmm. the way they play. They're on you in an instant, and in a small building with live boards, really fast ice uh, for players that haven't been there, and you know, every year, there's rookies that come into the league. They've never played in the Mel. They've never gone up against this LaRange Ice Wolves team, it's difficult. Your, your defensemen have to have heads on a swivel. If the puck goes in deep and you can prevent it from bouncing off the back wall, you have to make that quick pass to the forwards immediately because they're right on you in an instant. Mm -hmm. And LaRange, um, I thought... They, you know, they got outshot in both, but if they would have picked up a victory or two over the Humboldt Broncos, wouldn't have been shocked because I still think they're a team you can't sleep on. Even if you're Battlefords, if you're Humboldt, if you're Melfort, you go into LaRange, uh, it's going to be one of the hardest places to pick up two mm -hmm. points. I think all the Humboldt Broncos uh, realize that. And for them to be able to navigate through LaRange and then Flin Flon on Sunday through seven games in 10 days, finishing it up with three games in three days on a northern road swing was one of the most impressive stretches I've seen in my five years here in the league. Let's build off, you know, you touch, touched on LaRange, and I want to talk a little bit about the Sherwood division because if you look at the standings right now, all four teams are very congested, mm -hmm. and I think that's going to be the kind of the theme it looks like for this year. What do you guys make of this Sherwood division to start this year? We'll start with you, Jamie. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those, what are they called, Plinko, whatever, ding, 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 ding,
I think the the health of of Melford is an issue right now. Ben Dikacic, his injury. You know, I'm hearing it's not serious. I'm hearing it's he'll be back. Clark Huxley. Again, I'm not hearing it's not serious, but he'll be back. But in the meantime, that's a little door cracked open for Flynn Flon. And they're starting to get some goals up in Flynn Flon as well. Not, not just the Cole Dupereau show there now. They're getting some pieces. And you talked about Harmon Laser Hume, you know, how he good looks yeah, in, the, in the net too. Looks fantastic. You're right. Man, what a job by, uh, by Mike Reagan and the yeah. staff there to watch him from last year in Nippowin. Rough year for everybody in Nippowin to say, hey, Harmon, like, come to Flynn Flon. You know, we got a defensive, more defensive system maybe right now fits you a little bit better and to find that. So the Sherwood's going to be a war. Confidence for Harmon Laser-Hume. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. I, we knew the talent was there. I know Mike Reagan did as well when he uh, traded for him out of the Nipwin Hawks. But when you get a team, and, and, and I'm not saying Nipwin isn't the team this year. They could have been the team in front of Harmon Laser-Hume, but they mm-hmm. thought that Reed Lalonde and Nolan McDowell were the guys they wanted to run with. Right. So they had an expendable goaltender. And then Mike Reagan swoops right in. Now <laughs> Harmon Laser-Hume is not only getting the confidence back, he has a team in front of him, and he's getting the, the, the trust from the coaching staff that he's their guy. And we saw it on Sunday. I know we'll get to that, but no, Harmon Laser Hume looks like the real deal. Dawson Smith, what a sophomore season he's having. He's the real deal. Faced, what, yeah. 54 shots one night, 47 another night. Uh, he's a big goaltender. I, I love the goaltending in this league right yeah. now. And they're all players that maybe we. We didn't cast aside, but we weren't sure about. Sure. And now they're proving they belong. We were talking about that on SJHL Insider. It's been an incredible start to the year, and I think we were talking about it at the showcase. When you look at the goaltending to start this year in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, I mean, some of the numbers yeah. are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You touched on Dawson Smith, uh, Josh Cote in Battleford. Obviously, we're going to get to that. But, for example, Cote... I mean, he has a goals against average below one and a 970 save percentage. Maybe let's talk a little bit about the goaltending around the league because I know in the offseason or in the preseason when we were talking about it, there was some a lot of uncertainty with a lot of graduating goaltenders from last year going into this year, but it seems like the goalies are uh, kind of proving us wrong a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, a big part of that too is there are some you know, very good, a little bit more mature decors in the league too mm, right. playing in front of them. I think that certainly helps. You know, that helps a guy like Laser Hume. Mm-hmm. I think Flynn Flon has a great defensive structure. You know, you talk about Lucas Fry has that Centennial Cup experience. Cole Tanchuk has that experience. Corey King has that experience. So Mike Reagan and that Flynn Flon team, nobody is going to score for fun against the Flynn Flon Bombers, and that helps. You get by with a little help from your friends, mm-hmm. as you know. And again, just my last point there, in Battlefords, 10 forwards, 11 forwards deep probably, and the decor... You know, we, you, you love Tynan Ewart there for the D-man of the year, and I love him too. But, you know, you talk about him, you talk about Easton Rask, you talk about Jordan Grill, you know, et cetera, et cetera, Wilson Steele. These are no nonsense. They're not worried about big numbers and being flashy. You know, they're doing their job. They're being hard to play against. And, and again, that really helps Josh Cote, not taking anything away from him but you get by with a little help from your friends, and there are some good friends in the league too right now. I think the uncertainty, like you said, it was all the graduating goaltenders. Right. We do see it every year, but was 100%. last year um, you know, maybe the biggest turnover of star goaltenders? Cal Shell, Race Ramsey, Matt Pacenti, Kale DePape. Mm-hmm. I'm probably missing a few, but like 
all gone. So now new guys, argue, gotta, yeah. new guys got to come in and they got to prove that they belong here. Um, I'm also seeing, and I know we've been seeing it for a while now, but you can't just have big physical defensemen because teams yeah. are going to capitalize on that. They're going to yeah. move pucks across the zone. You got to have puck moving mobile defensemen on your blue line. I think with the way the coaching staffs are preaching this fast paced out of your zone offense in transition is helping goaltenders out a lot. You're starting to see a lot of them play the puck behind their net to their defensemen. Then they move it up to their forwards. Uh, it, it's go, go, go. You can't have the big, you can have maybe one on your team, but you can't build a, def- a defense core around that way anymore. You need to have the guys that can skate, the guys that can move. They see the gaps, they jump into them, they force turnovers. And uh, I think all that's kind of leading towards what we're seeing now in, in goaltenders having really, really good save percentages. And, and uh, we'll see if that trend continues. And this is leading into a perfect segue mm-hmm. for our Tourism Saskatchewan Play of the Week, which features a retor- returning goaltender in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Have there. a look. By Herdlicka, Wickenheiser on the rebound to the line, Kovacs. He'll play it in behind the goal. It went off the official or maybe the corner boards there. Wild hop in front and then a save by Cam Herdlicka with the glove. Kind of a chance from nothing there, Nick. I think it hit that corner board. Yeah, it's that Zamboni gate. It's always that Zamboni gate. I don't know what it is. If the boards aren't flush exact, you'll get those bounces every time. one of the few returning goaltenders in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, making a big save, helping the Estevan Bruins pick up their second win in three days over the Weyburn Red Wings. Let's talk a little bit about Estevan, because I know at the showcase we were talking a little bit about them. They had only had the one win so far, but for them to get two wins over their Highway 39 rivals, obviously, this weekend, it seems like it's t- starting to turn around a little bit for Estevan. I know, I know Nugsy's heart sank on that save there. Was that was that Dane Proby or was that David Sato? That's Weyburn. Oh, that was Weyburn in front of him. That was Weyburn. <laughs> The red the red and white got me. Um, but uh Cameron's Licka getting them back in the yeah. showcase. They were up against Humboldt trying to knock right. off that undefeated team. It was a minute thirty seven minute and thirty seconds left when um when the Broncos scored to tie it, then they scored to win it with fifteen seconds left. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a bigger re-emergence to a lineup than Cam Herzlicka. It was nice to get Mitch Koner back in the lineup too, but we know how important he is for Estevan. Yeah, we, we called that game uh, together, yeah. Humboldt and, uh, and and Estevan, and, and I just felt watching them that Estevan plays an inch, two, three, four inches taller with Cam Herzlicka in the net. They play with just mm. that much more zip, much more pace and confidence. And every player out there knows if you trust the goalie behind you, and I mean mm-hmm. zero disrespect to any other goalie, but if you trust the goalie behind you, that changes everything, period. And Estevan Bruins trust Cam Herdlicka. His numbers were insane last year for good reason. He deserved it, had a great team in front of him. But we're going to see a new Estevan Bruins the more and more Cam Herdlicka's back in the lineup. One Our, of the most athletic goaltenders yeah. in the league, too. Guy can get left to right faster than anyone. Yeah. And you have to be when you're uh, on you know, his size yeah, as sure. well. Yeah. You have to be, for sure. Yeah. Final question before we go to break, guys. When it comes to this Viterra division, what do you make of it two weeks in? Because mm-hmm. to me, it's kind of all over the place, and I can't get a good read on it. What do you guys think of it? I think that's just it. Yeah. It's like a professional <laughs> poker player. You can't read that division right now. I don't Good poker face. I, yeah. I can't even read what teams playing on the highlight of the night. I can't let alone trying to f- decipher who's going to finish at the top. Jamie, of the pass your glasses <laughs> over. <laughs> <laughs> let alone who's going to decipher at the top of the uh, Viterra yeah. division. I think Estevan is going to make a push. Right now, I'd still put it on them. Yeah. 100%. York Interiors, though, what they've been doing under Matt Hare, we know how well they clogged the middle of the ice. We know um, their defense lost a lot. We lost to Pape. They lost a lot up front. But the pieces that come in, Dalton Mays. Um, has been a revelation yeah, to me. I, I love that guy on defense. Uh, but there's, I, I, 
I think it's the hardest division to predict right now, I just based so off of how the teams have started. If they're actually going to continue on that trajectory, or like Estevan, one and six, are they going to go on a roll? We'll find right. out. Jamie, you know what? It's worth the price of admission. I'll say that because sure. you never know. And I think you know, as good as we talked about Noah Wills and even Zach Kane to some degree for Melville, how good they are coming into this season and how much they can carry the Melville Millionaires. Right. I think they've done that even more. They've exceeded my expectations. Getting Kelton Pine back from the Regina Pats is big. It'd be very interesting to see what Mike Rudy does with his four goalies on his roster right now still. You know, with Jared Thompson, Alexis Zuru, and Clement Labelois still there as well. So it'd be interesting to see what impact having Pine does as well. But, man, no wills. Just continues. Mm-hmm. If you can watch the Melville Millionaires play... Just, just Noah Wills is worth the price of admission. He's in, uh, unreal right now. And he's currently second in league scoring. Yeah. So, yeah, the Viterra division is definitely going to be interesting uh, down the stretch or for the rest of the season. We're only two weeks in, but it's, it's definitely up in the air. Well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to be joined by the head coach and GM of the Humboldt Broncos, Scott Barney, and get his thoughts on the team's impressive 8-0 start to the season. This is SJHL Weekly across all the SJHL social media platforms. Capital Auto Mall is a proud partner of the SJHL, supporting the rich traditions and proud future of junior hockey in Saskatchewan. Capital Auto Mall, on the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua in Regina. Saskatchewan, you know Sastel because we're everywhere. Because being everywhere keeps us connected to you. You are what matters most. With Sastel sponsorships, we get to be a part of your community. From the dance competitions to the rodeos to helping discover and embrace technology across the province, we're here with you and we're here for you. It's easy to get started. All you need to do is apply. Every year, Sastel contributes nearly $3 million to approximately 1,000 nonprofits, charities, associations, and events in more than 200 communities across Saskatchewan. So keep dancing, keep laughing, keep discovering, and we'll be there to help, to lend a hand, and join in the fun. Sastel cares, always has, always will, because we are dedicated to our home. To apply for sponsorship, visit sastel.com slash sponsorships. When you buy a lottery ticket in Saskatchewan, your money really goes a long way. More than 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups receive funding from Sask Lotteries every year. For victims of domestic abuse, fleeing may mean leaving everything behind. There is hope. Sastel provides brand new cell phones so that starting over is possible. Learn more at sastel.com slash fresh start. Boost your efficiency and your bottom line with Young's equipment and Case IH tractors, including the cutting-edge Puma 150 CVX and the Maxim 145 with best-in-class efficiency. Check out the Case IH lineup today at Young's Equipment.
Welcome back to SJHL Weekly. It is Rory McGorn, Jamie Neugebauer, Jeremy Corrigan. Thank you so much for joining us. And now we get to go to the video chat where we are joined by head coach and general manager of the Humboldt Broncos, Scott Barney. Scott, thank you so much for taking some time to join us. Uh, did you get much sleep last night after that bus ride from Flint Flon? <laughs> Jeremy, no, good to be on. And I don't think slept too much here for the last three or four days, but uh, no, it's good. Good to get on those trips and uh, some big character wins, that's for sure. All right, well, your team's 8-0 to start the season. What do you make of this start so far? Well, obviously, it's been a, been a great start. We try and take one game at a time. Uh, obviously, seven in the last 10 days has been a grind. But, uh, you know what, to get those character one-goal wins, I think, you know what, the uh, last four games have you date back to the showcase against Estevan with a, with a late comeback, and then you go up to LaRange. And you're in, in two tough battles there and get in at four in the morning in Flin Flon and, and, and pull a pull a win out of there. That, that's that's a tough spot to do. And, you know, it's been kind of, uh, I guess, been working together as a team more by committee, not just one or two guys, which has been great to see. Barnes, I got to ask you, congratulations on the start for this year for you guys uh, overall. But one of the areas that you guys have really been deadly on is the power play so far. You and I did a panel a couple of years ago where I said, what's, your, what's the thing that you enjoy uh, uh, coaching the most? And you said, well, it's a lot of fun to get out there and rip around on a power play with the boys. Uh, you know, Talk about what's working for this group, 31.8% so far. And as Roy was saying, even better on the road. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's been successful so far and you can kind of get those, you know, sometimes it goes that way, sometimes it goes the other. I think the biggest thing for us is, is how, how, how often we practice it, right? It's almost a, a daily habit for us is working the power play. Uh, we, we know now with the mandate from the league and, and the penalty calls that could, could come that special teams is, is uh, something you, you better be good at. So you got times in practice, you got to work on it and definitely be something this week we, we keep on. And that's, uh, you know, we got, we got some skilled players that can play different spots. And I think the key for us is just movement and, and, and changing different kills and different looks on kind of both units. Hey, Barnes, I got to ask about the stretch that the Humboldt Broncos went on. We, uh, we wanted to save it for yourself and Ethan Zilke coming up a little bit later on the show, but seven games in 10 days, already difficult enough. Then again, you add on the Northern Swing three games in three days to finish it, and your team finishes off with seven wins in that stretch. How impressed are you not uh, only about the ability of your team to do that, but the professionalism that the players have to show in order to get through that with seven wins? Yeah, there's definitely been a major commitment from all uh, all the players in our locker room, right? It's, it's a lot of sacrifice. You go even to the billets, getting meals prepared. Uh, you know what? Coaching staff, office staff. It, it goes it goes on and on. Uh, just the you know what? Our biggest thing has been you know what? You can you know everybody's legs are tired, and we can make excuses. But our biggest thing is is mentally how strong we can be, right? Even last night going into to the room, our, our biggest message was. Hey guys, night before we were in the same situation, down by a goal. We know we can do it. It was probably our best period of maybe the seven-game stretch was the third period last night, where we felt we we were we were maybe the better club, and that's a good sign to see from, from your club when when you have a deep lineup, you can get you can you don't kill guys with minutes, and and you can come out with those wins. If if we were just kind of loaded up on one or two lines, then then we wouldn't be able to get those results because guys would kind of be worn out. Now, Scott, you guys are 8-0 to start this season, but from a coaching perspective, what would you like to see improve from your club moving forward? 
I, I just think maybe that uh, sense of urgency around the around our net in our D zone and also around the offensive zone, right? And and for us, we don't really play what the score is. We kind of try to do our, play our habits to to what we need to do. Uh, if games get out of hand, they get out of hand, and 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 those things happen. But we want to get in a routine that no matter what the score is, we're playing the same way, and that's that's for sixty minutes a night. And then play sixty minutes. Uh, I like our chances most nights. Barnes, I got to ask you. You know, uh, we're going to talk to him in a bit here, Ethan Zilke. Uh, I know you have talk about lots of guys on your team, but uh, I got to ask you, what's the secret sauce for turning you know these U18 kids into Ethan Zilke? You know, D1 commit, absolutely lighting the world on fire after you know being a guy that wasn't really high on everybody's radar at the beginning of last year for you guys. Yeah, Ethan's just, Ethan Zilke's been a kid that. We love since we got him last year, obviously. Uh, he's a player who who's a great story for, for many players in our league, many players in other leagues. He, he was our fourth-line centerman last year, but even though he was a fourth-line centerman, he probably had top two or three minutes for our forward group. Uh, if you can do do something well, uh, do that, right? And that, I think that's important to, to know that, you know what, these D1 schools can find guys that score 40 goals, but if you can do all the little things right, chip pucks out, defend, uh, win face-offs, be, be, uh, be one of the best guys on the penalty kill, and, and then chip in with offense, then, then you're going to be a guy that Division One schools want, right? And, I, and you've seen that out of you know, guys like Ethan Zilke, and I believe that we made Moretz, the, the player that played in Flin Flon a few years ago, was similar. Uh, those are the guys that have success when they go to Division One because they're ready to play on both sides of the puck, and, and all, as we know, all those players can at that level. Hey, Scott, not sure if you knew this. I know you don't really keep too much tabs on it, but just want to throw out a congratulations that last night's win in Flin Flon was actually your 100th regular season victory as a coach in the SJHL. Did you know that? 99 against Notre Dame. Man. <laughs> not a clue. Now I know, but uh, hey, you know what? Without the players I have in front of me, I wouldn't have any of those wins. So it goes to them, uh, the commitment they make as a team. You've seen it over the last seven games, and it's been team wins, and, and you've, you've seen the locker rooms and on the bus just uh, – the, the way these guys carry themselves and and uh, and how happy are, they are for each other that's a big big thing to see and the reason for our success well I mean it hasn't been just success for yourself and the team it's been success for the organization I just want to roll off some numbers here since you've arrived you have six NCAA division one commitments eight U sports five division three one BC and one ACAC it's 21 commitments over the course of your tenure with one season being taken away due to COVID so you're able to graduate about 30 percent of your players on to post-secondary commitments how do you kind of explain the groundwork that the humble Broncos have laid out and uh, it starts you know from the scouting staff and everyone recruiting then development to help move these players on because i know that's your end goal at the end of the day yeah obviously we have a great scouting staff right with 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 starts with luke struby and jamie armitage and we have scouts all over the place that, that get us these players and and obviously with carter and myself we watch a lot of video on guys and and our biggest thing is, is being honest to these these uh, young men right and and uh and when i talk to universities i i, I try to be honest with 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 them as well and and you're not going to tell them every player is a Division One hockey player, but when when you start putting them out and, and they believe that in your organization and in your staff and in your coaching ability, I think that's a big thing. And and in the end, you need the players to play and buy in. And uh, you know we've we've had players that have done that. And I think the biggest reason for our success is the way we practice. We practice like like it is our games, and and that carries over to our games and our success. One final question for you, Scott. Rory mentioned you just finished playing seven games in 10 days, but now 
You guys don't take to the ice for eight days. What do the next eight days look like in between your two games? Yeah, obviously we're taking today off, but we're back to the grind tomorrow. We're back to the grind uh, Tuesday. We'll even get right into Saturday morning and then give the guys, you know what, rest of the day Saturday and, and, and Sunday off, which is about 50 hours before our next practice. And then we got LaRange again on, on Tuesday. But, uh, you know, we got things we got to work on. We got a lot of young players here as well as older players. And, you know what, the tension, the detail, the sticks on the puck, uh, you know what, those little things like battles in front of the net, uh, you know what, scoring goals in, in the Ozone, uh, all the little things that, that we believe in that, that lead to our success. It's not the major ones. It's all those little tensions of detail. And, and for us and for myself, every day we can get better. And uh, the better we can get as, as individuals, the better we'll be, be as a team. Well, the team's going to get some rest. And hopefully the coaching staff also gets some rest because seven games <laughs> in 10 days is uh, it's a lot for the coaching staff too, hey? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's all good though, right? When yeah. you have success, it, it's good. But uh, you know what? I'm, I'm happy for those guys. You can see it in the bus. And uh, when they're happy, the coaching staff sees you pretty happy as well, guys. All right, Scott. Well, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. And congratulations on the 8-0 start to start the season. Thanks, guys. Keep up the show. Great work. That is the head coach and general manager of the Humble Broncos, Scott Barney. And, of course, all of our coaches' chats are presented by the Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association. And uh, what I really like about that, that interview, guys, is and uh, we talked about it with Matt Hare uh, last week when we had him on SJHL Weekly, is, you know, both times we've talked to these coaches, they're undefeated, but they know that there's definitely still things oh, yeah. to work on. Um, and just to um, you know, follow up with your final question there, I will take some rest. Yes, you should. Yeah, after, Everybody I, I, on I, that I, bus I, should take yeah. some rest. Eight days before a game, so I'm going to take plenty of rest. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just began to think the humble Broncos deserve just a lot of credit. I mean, Scott picked up that program, you know, not too long after the crash, and um, you know, it turned it into a real, real destination, not just in Saskatchewan in all of Canada, and I think that's great for the whole league to, to have a lot of kids coming, you know, BCHL, you know, AJ everywhere, and a lot of kids are saying, hey, I want to be a humble Bronco, and that's good for humble, that's good for the league, and it, it's all because Scott and, you know, his staff, you know, everybody behind the scenes has done a great job out there, so, you know, big time kudos. And I guess finally, before we go to break, one thing, too, that mm -hmm. we really, we didn't touch on with Scott, but he kind of alluded to it, is they're finding different ways to win as well. Obviously, last week they had five games. You find that way to win against the Estevan Bruins. You had that blowout against LaRange, but then two overtime wins and a tight win over the weekend. You know, that's good for a team moving forward, just finding ways to win hockey games in different ways. I yeah. think it's the epitome of a good team. You're right, seeing Battleford do it. You're yeah. seeing Humboldt do it. Mm -hmm. uh, they never count themselves out. They had uh, both times they had to pull their goalie to come back. Both times right. they've scored and yeah. they've tied it up and they've won it either in regulation or in overtime. So mm -hmm. uh, I think that just breeds confidence throughout a roster that doesn't matter what situation you're in. You stick to your game. You can find a way to win. Yeah, and, and Rory, to, just to continue that point, and you know this better than mm -hmm. me, being around that team as much as you mm -hmm. are, uh, like from the outside and from speaking to Scott, the culture in there is, you know, no excuses. Come in, do your job. If you aren't interested in coming in and doing your job, if you're interested in coming in and having excuses, we have somebody in the crowd who is willing to come do their job <laughs> and not give excuses. So you can, you know, my way or the highway. And that's something that Barney and I talked about a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, he stuck to it. And, you know, it pays off. Culture, culture breeds success mm -hmm. late in games. It turns tough situations into good ones. And uh, that's a tough situation the Broncos were in, but you could see the culture in that room 
that they were able to do that. We saw at the showcase against Estevan, and we saw it on your road trip up there. So, again, big-time kudos to a very tough hockey team. And for the humble Broncos, the good news for them is not only do you get some – Rory needs, needs the rest, mm-hmm. just like the humble mm-hmm. Broncos do the rest of the team, but – they're going to stay undefeated for at least eight more days because uh, their next game isn't until Tuesday when they play host to the LaRange Ice Wolves. Well, we're going to take a break. Coming up next on SJHL Weekly, we're going to stick with the Humboldt Broncos and be joined by Ethan Zilke to chat a little bit about that hot start from a player's perspective uh, coming right up after the break. This is SJHL Weekly across all of the SJHL social media platforms. Get red and ready with Case IH and Young's equipment. From Case IH combines to Macdon headers, Young's carries all the best in new or pre-owned harvest equipment. With field-ready, industry-leading equipment and highly dedicated service staff, we're here when you need us most. Come experience our award-winning service for yourself and visit youngs.ca to find your nearest Young's equipment location. take the ice without protective wear so why would you take to the job site that way the scsa is proud to partner with the sjhl make way for the first ever chevrolet silverado zr2 with Multimatic shocks, rugged 33-inch tires, and front and rear electronic locking differentials. Dude, this is awesome, but we should get back to work. This good? Perfect. If you're going to work remote, work remote. Find new workspaces. Find new roads. Chevrolet. lottery ticket in Saskatchewan, your money really goes a long way. More than 12,000 sport, culture, and recreation groups receive funding from Sask Lotteries every year. Capital Auto Mall is a proud partner of the SJHL, supporting the rich traditions and proud future of junior hockey in Saskatchewan. Capital Auto Mall, on the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua in Regina. Welcome back to, uh, to SJHL Weekly. It's Rory McGoran, Jamie Nugabauer, Jeremy Corrigan, 
Thanks so much for joining us. And before we get to Ethan Zilke, I do believe he's just logging into mm -hmm. the video chat. Um, just want to remind you, you can catch every episode of SJHL Weekly and SJHL Insider, of course, on our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe. And of course, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and all the social medias as you can catch uh, all the episodes of SJHL Weekly and, of course, SJHL Insider also on Apple and Spotify when it comes to getting your podcast. So uh, we're very excited to welcome Ethan to uh, the program when he logs in because uh, we do have some exciting news to tell him uh, regarding uh, Players of the Week. He's not logged in just yet, but do you guys want to uh, start announcing Players of the Week? Oh, he's logged in. All right. Well, let's bring him in. <laughs> the captain of the Humboldt Broncos, Ethan Zelkes. Ethan, thank you so much for joining us. How's it going today? Good. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. How uh, how much sleep did you get last night after uh, the long bus ride? <laughs> uh, I got some good sleep actually. I got got home. I slept till like eleven this morning, so <laughs> uh, about probably about eight hours. So yeah, that's good. You need the rest. Um, what do you make yeah. from a player's perspective? of your guys' start to the season. You know, you play seven games in 10 days, and now you guys are 8-0. What do you make of it? Yeah, it's, it shows how good we are, right? Like, there's a lot of character on our team, and um, that's a lot, of, a lot of hockey games, right? I mean, play, play seven out of those eight in 10 days. So I don't think I've ever played that much hockey before, and it just shows how good of a team we're going to be this year. Yeah, absolutely. You speak to that depth. And I got to ask you about yourself personally. You're off to a real hot start, 14 points, Ethan, in eight games. And, you know, I've seen a lot of guys over the years who come into a season already with a commitment and they say, you know what, like, I don't have that much to prove. I'm just going to, you know, but you've kind of taken, it seems like the opposite direction. You know, talk about how you feel like your role is maybe a little bit different, even with a commitment already in your back pocket. Yeah, I feel like I have a lot to prove. Uh, maybe the opposite of what you've heard in the past, but um, having that beside your name on the on the on the list, right? It it means a lot more. I feel like I have to step up my game. I'm not relaxed or comfortable in any way. And uh, the points and the producing is just a is just a product of how well we're playing. So it's been great so far. You mentioned that you've never played that much hockey before. Seven games in 10 days is a heck of a stretch, especially when you, you know, you pick up seven wins. How did it feel going through that? To, and put on top of it, the final three games, you know how, how, it, how hard it is to play in LaRange and Flin Flon. Just as a player, how did it feel going through that? It's super rewarding, right? I mean, when you're in it, it's, it kind of sucks, to be honest. Like, <laughs> no one wants to play in LaRange. And no one wants to make that four-hour bus trip to Flin Flon from LaRange. But it, it was super rewarding at the end, right? We were exhausted, but we just kept telling ourselves that we were in good shape and that we felt good. And we believed in ourselves and we, we knew we could do it, right? And it was just at the end of it all, it's just, wow, that felt awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, Ethan, I guess my question for you would be, you know, you've obviously seen such a great start. That's a two-shot of Scott Barney. Uh, I'm just kidding. There we go. Um, you know, you've had such a great start to the season. In the off season, what were you trying to work on to, you know, kind of take your game to the next level? Yeah, the off season was kind of a kind of a struggle for me. I was I was injured for part of it. I was trying to get some things figured out. So I so I honestly missed a lot of the training I wanted to do. Um, 
but for me, it was just being more offensive and more skilled, right? It's just taking everything to the next level and um, seeing what I could do to produce more points and help the team out and bring in a bigger role, right? And help the team out in different ways and uh, be more skilled and be more of a threat offensively. Yeah, I got to ask you, you know, you talk about being a threat offensively. That wasn't maybe the the situation that you found yourself in at the beginning of last year. So I want to ask you, maybe there's a young kid out there watching. Maybe he's starting in junior A even. Maybe he's starting whatever level he's at. And it's maybe not going exactly how he wants it in terms of being top line, points, power play, etc. You know, what, what message would you have for that kid? And, you know, how does your SJ career so far, you know, sort of speak to that message you might have to that kid? keep working right it's 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 a process and if you stay with it you're going to get your opportunities and that's what i what i tell our our younger guys guys are asking me like well how did things go for you last year like how did you get your commitment and all this stuff and like first half of the season i like if you look at the points wise it's not it's not anything special right and i just kind of stuck with it and um found a way to stay in the lineup and be be a guy that's needed in the lineup, right? We You, you got to be able to be someone that the team needs. And then once you can do that, then you can start to build your confidence and show the coaching staff and show your teammates that you're valuable. And then once it comes to that, you get confidence and then you start getting points and then everything snowballs from there. So stick with it and uh, be confident in yourself. You can't get down on yourself. Like it's, it's a daily struggle. It's a daily battle, but you got to stay strong and, and uh, bet on yourself every day. Do you think the way that your development curve has gone since you entered the SJHL has helped you become a better player uh, right now? Because like Nugsy mentioned, you were a fourth-line center coming in last year, but when you look after four or five games, you were out there for defensive zone face-offs, for penalty kill, you were responsible in your own zone, always on the right side of the puck, and now you can translate that game and you're not finding it was always there but really getting the opportunity to show your offensive touch as well while still being defensive responsibly so do you think that development in that role really helped you to be who you are today yeah it's it's about being a rounded player right so i mean starting as a defensive guy and being 200 foot and then being able to accelerate my game um to more offensive and carrying everything through right if i can be offensive and and still win draws and kill penalties and block shots and be good on the defensive side of the puck, then it just adds to your game, right? You don't, you're not just like a, a one man show kind of thing. You're like, as the fellows would call it, call it a Swiss army knife, right? So if you can do everything, then you're more valuable. Yeah. Last one for me, Zilks. Uh, I know you're focused on the humble Broncos, the here and now, but uh, Lindenwood University starting its D1 uh, journey, I guess, uh, this past weekend against the University of Minnesota. How much did you pay attention, you know, at all to that? And how excited are you to be part of a pretty new program, being able to, you know, sort of start and write a new chapter for a new program like that? Yeah, it's super exciting to see them go against top teams, right, and compete. Uh, I follow it on Twitter a little bit and uh, see what I can find with the highlights and the updates of the games and it's just super encouraging to see them not backing down and playing average teams going against the team in minnesota that's like ranked number two in the in the nation right so um it's good to see a, a culture that wants to win and wants to compete 
Uh, last question for me there, Zilks. Thanks so much for joining us. Nugsy uh, talked about it after we spoke to Scott Barney. And even if you asked Scott Barney, he'd probably dial it back and be a little modest. But you've now been a part of the Humboldt Broncos culture for two years. What have you kind of immersed yourself in when, you know, your rookie season, you're learning from Kate Olson. Kate Olson learns from Grayson Cameron. You know, it, it seems to breed it down. And now you're the captain. So what does it mean to you to kind of know what this culture is, how it's been grown, and now be the leader of the team. Yeah, it's a it's it's a rich foundation, right? I mean, uh learning from Ole last year and getting to see what he did and he's one of my best friends now and I talk to him all the time. But it's funny all the things you learn from those guys and you hear other guys come in that got traded to us and you talk to them like, hey, what was your favorite place to play? And he's like, here. The culture here is awesome. The guys are great. And I believe we have one of the best dressing rooms in the league or in the CJ, if that, right? So it's a huge honor for me um, knowing the culture that we have. I know that there's some teams where it's a little bit different. And um, I'm just super proud and honestly lucky to be, to be here. And um, I'm not going to take it for granted. And I guess finally, Ethan, uh, because we have you on the show, it's perfect timing to tell you, uh, you have been named SGEU MVP of the week with four goals, seven assists this week. Initial thoughts and congratulations. It's awesome. I mean, it's just a product of us winning so much, and it's a huge honor for me. Thank you. I think scoring an overtime winner, a game-tying goal in <laughs> Flin Flon, two game-tying assists against Estevan, that might be a product of it as well. But, yes, you guys are winning. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Thank and playing five games probably helps. <laughs> yeah, playing five games yeah. helps too. Well, uh, thank you so much, Ethan, for taking some time to join us today. Really appreciate it, especially after playing seven games in ten days. Get some rest and uh, enjoy your week with, uh, without any games. Appreciate it. Thanks for the time, guys. Appreciate you having me. All right. That is the captain of the Humboldt Broncos, Ethan Zilke. Uh, A great interview. And I mean, you know, we were we were talking about players of the week over the weekend. And I know, Rory, we were talking about it last week, actually, after SJHL um, weekly on Monday. We kind of had an idea that there was going to be a good chance that the Humboldt Broncos were probably going to have an award winner or two this week just because he played five games in seven days. Yeah, five games in the week will definitely spur any stats if that's what we go <laughs> off of. But um, winning is, is yeah. what matters. We've often had times where we're debating two players and 100%. they're really mm-hmm. close in stats. Maybe one has a goal more or an assist mm-hmm. more. But yep. this team went 3-0. and This team went 0-3. And that's what matters. The Humble Broncos are winning. They're 8-0. So Zilke could have, you know, had 13, 15 points instead of 11 in the five right. games. If the Broncos lose all five, we might look somewhere else. And that's sure. not the case. He's the captain. He's, he's churning that team along um, on and off the ice. And the fact that he's first place in the SJHL scoring is a nice little cherry on top. And the timeliness, too, of his mm-hmm. goals, too. I mean, you mentioned it, but uh, very well-deserving, and, and I think he was a couple of points ahead of the next closest uh, player. But let's move on to the rest of our players of the week. And the next one is the SaskTel goalie of the week. Um, I don't think this one comes as much as surprise. I think out of the four um, awards, this one probably wasn't up for debate, and that's Josh Kotai in uh, Battlefords. I mean, you play two games, you get two shutouts, yep. you get two wins, you can't have a more perfect week. Yeah, through 300 minutes this year, in terms of goalies that have played 300 minutes already, which is a small sample size, yeah. obviously, but uh, nobody comes close in that sort of category. 
to his numbers. He's first in wins in the league. He's first in save percentage at 970. He's first in shutouts with two. He's first in goals against average with 094. Uh, and he's just been sensational for Battlefords. Uh, he, he's been the difference in a lot of games for them. They, he is the real deal. He wasn't even the starting goalie when the season started. Nope. It was supposed to be low Kenyon. But, uh, hey, take opportunities, and, and he got it. Yeah, he's literally took in the ball and ran with yeah. it. I just look at the uh, you know the game-by-game game stat sheet, and the one right. thing that jumps out to me is win, 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 <laughs> win, yep. win, win. It all comes back His to numbers win. are fantastic, and that's why he's the goaltender of the week. But the win column is straight with ones down yeah. the line. Yeah, 100%. Now let's move to the direct West rookie of the week. And I think this one's always uh, an interesting one, I find, in our, our discussions when it comes to rookie of the week because we've seen a lot of great performances so far from uh, rookies in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. But uh, this week, it is going to go to Riley Ash of the Melfort mm -hmm. Mustangs. And, and Nugsy, I mean, you saw him on the weekend, mm -hmm. and he had a strong performance against the Hounds. Yeah, I talked about it earlier in our recap. No Ben Tkachuk, no Clark Huxley for Melfort. So right. they needed someone to, to step up. And, you know, Riley has certainly done that alongside Dawson LaRue on that top line for the Melfort Mustangs. Two goals against the Hounds. And, you know, we talked about it. Three oh six birth years in this league getting regular minutes. You know, he's one of them. And last thing is I asked Trevor Blevins before the game about how much it means to have that Ash name on the Melford jersey, Melford jersey with, of course, his you know, big brother Dylan's passing a couple of years ago. It was very emotional. means a lot to, to have Ash around, and we're extremely happy to have him you know, in this league. And, and he's not just there because of his name. He certainly can play, too, at his age. I, I can't imagine the emotions yeah. in his first career SJHL game that's going through Riley. And, you know, I... I I just want to yeah, shout out to him for, you know, yeah. having to get, get through that because I know it can't be easy. Mm -hmm. But we saw it from the preseason. We saw it when he was entering the league. He's one, he's one of the most talented young kids. Uh, well, there's only three 16-year-olds. So he right. is one of the most talented young kids yeah. in the league, 100%. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you look at Zilke. Um, Lindenwood, I'm not sure if they were the only school on him, but he was kind of undercover in a talented Broncos roster. And I think a lot of other schools are kicking themselves now for not jumping on Zilke earlier. I think Riley Ash right now is you got to make a phone call because yeah. I don't think those first three games are easy for a player like Riley Ash. You're no. seeing him now mm -hmm. like really start to find not confidence. He always had it, but just get comfortable. Yeah. Right, comfortable with playing day in and day out, practice with the Mustangs. He's going to be a dynamo yeah. in this league. Yeah, beat out NCAA or he's a third round pick in the dub. Yeah, even. so it's, right. it's not like he's low, not getting a no, not nobody, but you know what I mean. And after the weekend, he was tied for sixth in yeah. rookie scoring yeah. in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. But before we move on to the defenseman of the week, I want to just add to that when it comes to you know, some of these teams in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, being able to get contributions from your young players like a Riley Ash or 17 or 18-year-olds, you know, that that's kind of what separates really the top teams from the bottom teams in this league is getting that contribution from those young players. Well, I mean, and... You know, Zach, uh, Kyle McIntyre, I was going to call him Zach McIntyre. <laughs> great, great, sure great SJHL legend, yeah, Zach yeah. McIntyre. Love him with all my heart. You know, Kyle McIntyre, the new commissioner, has come in and said, you know, we want to see a lot of D1 commits. How do you do that? Coaches give young players opportunity on the power play, top two lines, top D pairing in net. That's the way you do it. You give them opportunity because otherwise they can't be seen, period. So... These coaches, you know, Scott Barney's done it with Barlaghi years ago, and he's been in the league 100 years now. He's doing it with Cater, you know, uh, uh, Ken Placken for, you know, top top six minutes there for Brock Evans in Kindersley too. And the, and the list goes on and on. I could talk about it all day. But, uh, you know, 
coaches are actually following through with what the what the what the mo is so big time kudos to the coaches around the league including trevor blevins yeah it's all about trust right yeah. um, from the yeah. coaching staff but it's also a byproduct of the way that i think the game is changing you look in the late 2000s even early 2000 it's an old man's league man 19 20 year olds that's sure. what churns the pot here right. in the sjhl we're starting now to see the development of these kids come mm-hmm. the ones that are getting more knowledgeable about their routes about that you know major junior isn't the only path yeah. if that's what you want <laughs> fantastic that's great 100%. but it's not the only path yep. you can carve an amazing career playing junior hockey right here where you're from in Saskatchewan and get your post-secondary opportunity in NCAA and U sports wherever you want it to be but the development is happening so much faster at a younger age that it's now allowing the coaches to trust these young kids so I think there's a lot of moving parts but it just makes our game be so much better Mm -hmm. seeing that these 16 17 18 year olds are starting to be impactful players look at the top scoring in the league You you get a lot of them in the league and to add to that point, you mentioned how, you know, maybe in the early 2000s, around 20, yeah. 2010, Old man's league, man. it was. But now you look at, uh, actually, I saw the stats, you know, going into the SJHL showcase. 45% of the league is made up of 18-year-olds mm-hmm. or wow. younger. So it's a very, it's, yeah, the league's definitely transitioning uh, for sure. And then as a result, you're going to need contributions from your younger and rookie uh, players. Uh, finally, let's go to defenseman of the week. And this was a bit of a tough one, I think, f- uh, to decide because there was a lot of great performances around the league. But uh, we ended up going with Reese Richmond from the Flin Flon Bombers and another team who's gotten mm. off to a really good start this year. Yeah, it's going to be a weird, weird day when there's not a Richmond uh, on the Flin Flon Bombers. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Ryder was a great salt of the earth defenseman for the Flin Flon Bombers, too. Uh, goal, four, and a, four assists over four games. Uh, goal and an assist uh, in a great comeback uh, for Flin Flon against the Nippowin Hawks. And, you know, he's a guy, again, come in similar to Zilke, I think, to the Flin Flon Bombers, where he was kind of lower underneath some a great decor with a lot of veterans and just kept working. And the last name didn't hurt, obviously. You know, Mike Reagan knew exactly what a Richmond kid would bring to a Flin Flon Bomber. He'd put his whole heart and soul out there for the, the Flin Flon jersey. And, you know, he continues to do that. And, Rory, we've seen him continue to get better offensively as well, and that's coming through right now. Yeah, there's always been that that touch, right? But yeah. when you're behind an Xavier LaPointe, like you mentioned, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you don't often get the praise that you deserve. And I think this is Reese mm. Richmond's year to get the praise that he yeah. deserved. There was a lot of worthy candidates in this, uh, was, in this week. Yeah. Hayden Tuba, how, yeah. five points as well for the yeah. Melford Mustangs. Yeah. Carson Cater had four points mm-hmm. for the Humboldt Broncos. Again, played five games. But uh, I got to see Flynn Flon firsthand last night. Uh, they're one of the best teams in the league. I know they had a little bit of a slower start, but they have rattled off points in their last five games with a 3-1-1 one, and one record. Uh, so, yeah, they're, yeah, they're the cream of the crop to me. I, I saw the way they play. Reese Richmond's the reason why that defense core is nasty, mm-hmm. that they don't allow secondary opportunities. Yeah. They still play that way. Laser Hume's been fantastic in net. Right. And then when you get Mercier, when you get all them up front, I think, uh, yeah, yeah. But, but Richmond won the heart and soul on that blue line, and he, he had, deserves it. And he had 31 points last year, yeah. and right yeah. now he's on pace. He got all of his points yeah. this week. Did he not? All five? I do believe yeah, so, yeah. all five and, this week. And one of the things I talked to Mike Reagan about uh, in the preseason or the offseason, one of those two times was, you know, these guys who played in the Centennial Cup and in the <laughs> finals had all those extra games of yeah. experience and development. You know, even like Cole Tanchuk, who's only in 04 still, we forget, but he had way more games of critical experience 
than maybe another 04 on another team. So, you know, that's another thing for East Richmond too, the confidence to say, you know, there's a, you know, there's a, a, a Dauphin King over there. You know, there's an Ottawa Junior Senator over there. Those guys are the cream of the crop right. in Junior A hockey in Canada, and I'm competing with them. You know, that's going to be huge for a kid's confidence, and I think that's the key word right there, right? Confidence coming to this league. You know, no more Xavier Lapointe, as you said. No more Cole Vardy for Flynn Flon. The list goes on. You know, who's going to step into that gap and take it? And it's another a Richmond kid on Flynn Flon. He's going to block a shot with his face for you, too. Oh, 100%. He'll put his yeah. body on yeah. line. But again, yeah. it's another mobile, puck-moving, yeah. yeah. offensive-minded. He, he doesn't don't worry. He doesn't shy away in his defensive no. zone. Nope. He's physical. He's mean. He's but mean. he skates, and he moves the puck. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, one to watch for sure in the SGHL. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's for your SGEU MVP of the week, Ethan Zilke. Sastel goalie of the week, Josh Kotai out of Battleford's. Direct West rookie of the week, Riley Ash of the Melford Mustangs. And defenseman of the week, Reese Richmond of the Flynn Flon Ball. You can read more on the players of the week on sjhl.ca momentarily after SJHL Weekly. However, before we wrap up the show, we have to re, uh, preview the next two days in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League because we're right back on the ice tomorrow with three games on the schedule Tuesday night. The Melfort Mustangs visit the Melville Millionaires, the Battleford's North Stars. They look to join the humble Broncos at 8-0 as they visit the LaRange Ice Bowls. We talked about how difficult it is to play at the Mel. And the Estevan Bruins head to Wilcox to take on the Notre Dame Hounds. Guys, thoughts on these matchups? Uh, specifically for Tuesday or just throughout the week? Let's do, do we- Tuesday. Let's do Tuesday first. Um, I'm going to get a look here at the Estevan Bruins, and they're taking on the Notre Dame Hounds. It's the first home game, Newsy, yeah. for the Notre Dame Hounds. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, like they played, the Hounds played one game in Wilcox <laughs> in the preseason. That was the rookie game, so no uh, returning guys. It's been nine games in a row since then, so it'll be interesting. A lot of people talk about coming into Wilcox for the first time, playing on the night service. Right. Well, the Hounds guys haven't even played. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so it'll, it'll be, be a new experience for everybody. It'll be fun. Battleford's <laughs> and LaRange, too. Watch yeah. out for that game. Going to be a good one. That's a banana, man. That's yeah. a banana peel that Battleford's got to be careful yeah. going in there because they play kind of similar, right? North, south, hard-nosed, you know, the speed game. It's just that that rink again. Yeah. Battleford's, you know, it's, it's, it's not... It's not Notre Dame. It's not big, but yeah. I th- when you go up to when you go up to Larange, if you haven't played there, it's mm-hmm. a different animal. It is, 100%. and they can take over in the first period if you're not ready. Yeah. So yeah. Battleford's got to be ready. I think they will be. Yeah. They're proven to be one of the best teams in the league, if not the best. But you got to be ready when you go to Larange. So I'll be watching that one too. I've, I've seen some of the weirdest bounces of pucks like in my whole wiry, career wiry. in in uh, in Larange. Mm-hmm. And then I guess finally, uh, Wednesday, there is one game on Wednesday as well. The Nippon Hawks also visit the Notre Dame Hounds. Busy week for you, Nuxi, during the week. Yeah, it always is. Not to mention a big uh, game, U of R, U of S, uh, women's soccer on Friday night. So i got to plug that. But yeah, I mean, again, Nippon's going to come in looking for some revenge. Uh, I think this Notre Dame team, again, they're young. They're going through a lot of uh, ups and downs. There's no excuses. Everybody is in the same boat with the difficult start to the year. But uh, yeah, the Notre Dame Hounds figure it out if they don't. Again, a lot of young guys learning what the junior hockey game is about. It's very different. Don't care what success you had individually or as a team at the U18 level or the junior B level. The SJHL and junior A hockey mm-hmm. is a different animal, and you better be ready from the stop of the, the drop of the puck or you're going to lose the hockey game. And that's what the Hounds Junior A are learning. 
you know, right now. And, uh, you know, it, it's got to start for them uh, tomorrow if they're going to turn this around because the, the, uh, the way that they played in Melfort, you know, they're not going to beat anybody if they play like that again back-to-back. But we saw what the Humble Broncos did, won mm-hmm. seven and ten thousand games in a row. It can be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, they're going to learn, and they're going to have to learn it quick on uh, home ice right now. And I guess finally the only other thing I wanted to bring up too is because there was a couple of teams – we didn't talk about this week, and that's just because they didn't play any games mm-hmm. this weekend. And that's Kindersley and mm-hmm. Yorkton. And, of course, their last game was against each other. Yeah. Of course, Yorkton suffering their first loss. They're going to finally return to the ice with a home-and-home against the Melville Millionaires. And then the Kindersley Clippers are back this weekend. What are you guys kind of seeing from those teams so far this year? Uh, I, I, I think for Kindersley, it was a nice time to get a little step back. They picked up their first win of the Mm -hmm. season, and now they can look about, okay, what did we do in these games that we were close, but we didn't have that final push to get us there? And what did we do in this game that got us our first victory? So I think it was a great time for them. Yorkton, I think it was the other way around, wasn't it? They went undefeated, and they lost their last game. So exact same, or uh, mirror images, let's call it. But (laughs) that break, I think, happened really nicely for both of them. Yeah, great pickup for Kindersley, it looks like, with Logan Falk. Uh, in net there so he looks like he might be an answer for Kindersley I think that's big and I think Matt Hare won't be too upset I think his team's you know the the same as it will be and and they've been good and they deserve uh, they deserve you know all the plaudits that they're getting right now the Yorkton Terriers including a CJHL you know ranking in the top 20 so Mm -hmm. very cool for the Yorkton Terriers and a great job by the recruiting staff at the Yorkton Terriers as well it's a big week for the Nipawin Hawks here we mentioned how tight that Sherwood division Mm -hmm. is they're going on a southern road swing three games in four days Notre Dame Weyburn Estevan if they could pick up two out of those three huge week for the Hawks here I was just going to say finally what are you guys' final thoughts going into uh, this week before the Thanksgiving Monday because yeah it's going to be a very busy week a very busy week of hockey we have pretty Mm -hmm. much hockey games every day yeah, hey, that's what we sign up for. When it's exactly. off season, we miss it, so it's sure a lot do. of fun. People say, oh, you must be tired, da-da-da, and I always say, you know, we're not here digging ditches. We're watching <laughs> hockey. It's a lot of fun. 100%. I love it. Can't wait to see it, and I'm very excited to finally call a game this year in Wilcox <laughs> with the new Pixelot cameras that everybody's Whoa. telling me about, and they're telling me about that it's all beautiful and nice and good, and I've seen it on other teams. Very interested to see what it'll look like in Wilcox. Well, happy Thanksgiving to both of yeah. you, and happy and thanks. Happy and safe Thanksgiving to everyone out there as well. Yeah, and we should mention, because obviously the Thanksgiving Monday, our next edition of SJHL Weekly will actually be uh, following on Tuesday, which is uh, Tuesday at 1 o'clock, which you can catch on all the SJHL social media platforms. But before we go, we have to give a, a big thanks to all of our sponsors, Chevrolet, Sastel, Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association, Viterra, Direct West, RBC Tourism Saskatchewan. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, for all of your support and allowing the three of us to be able to do SJHL Weekly each and every week because we have a lot of fun, we have a lot of great guests, and uh, we obviously get to talk about hockey, mm-hmm. so you definitely can't mm-hmm. complain about that. Uh, for Rory McGoran, Jamie Nukabauer, this is Jeremy Corrigan, and this has been another edition of SJHL Weekly across the SJHL social media platforms.